one. If you'll grab your Bibles, your smartphones, iPad, amen, Galatians. I want to apologize this morning. Our projector, um, maybe I should say our easy worship program, uh, has given us a little bit of technical difficulties. We upgraded our laptop to Windows 10 and somehow it's not interfacing properly with the projector. We'll work it out. We normally have the scripture on the overhead for you. And so um, we apologize that we can't provide that for you this morning as well as the songs. We normally have the songs on the overhead and we didn't get to provide that for you this morning. Well, if you come back next Sunday, we'll have it ready for you. Whatever it takes, we'll get it done for you. Amen. Galatians chapter 1. Amen. Chapter 4, verse 1. Again, we welcome all of you to Christ-centered church. Amen. We are so glad that you are able to be with us today. And more importantly, I think the Lord approves of you being here today. (laughs) Hallelujah. Thank God for his goodness. Amen. Thank God for having Sister Nancy Harris with us this morning. My goodness, I love her. One of my favorite people. Amen. She tells the best stories. She has stories for days. <laughs> Always got a story. You better have some time when you sit with her and listen to her stories because she'll keep going about stories. We appreciate her being with us today. And and Sister Donna Guthrie. Amen. She and I go way, way, way back. I think my mom will probably tell you that's um, probably one of our fir- her first friends that she had when she came to, uh, to America and came to Trenton, New Jersey. Um, her and her twin sister became my mom's best friend, and they hung out together, and they spent a lot of time together, more than I would know. <laughs> she moved to Florida, and she was, she was down in the Fort Lauderdale area for a while, and um, that's where she's been. And so seeing her here this morning was strange because I know she was down there. So she's up here for work. Say so she was up here for work from May. Uh, we in September now. I don't know what the story is behind that. But I st- after she told me that, I stopped talking. I said, I thought we was family. May and now it's September. Talking about she didn't get no time off. Anybody believe she? We don't believe that. From May till now, no time to come to church? I don't, I'm not going to believe her. She was supposed to. Figure out a way. She didn't even call me, too. But you're here, so, you know, I'll celebrate that. Good to see you, Sister Guthrie. Well, maybe that's not your last name, but that's what I remember you as. People get married and things change, but she was Guthrie back in the day. Amen. Anybody like what they feel this morning? Amen. For those of you that may not understand what happens here is uh, in a spirit-filled church, which every church is supposed to be spirit-filled, uh, when God begin to move, um, we, we we speak in other tongues because it's the Spirit of God that does that. We don't do it on our own. We don't have something special. It's the Spirit that's inside of us that causes us to just begin to speak another language. And so we do that. Uh, when the Spirit of the Lord is moving, we, we don't have that control anymore. It means that we give ourselves to the Lord and He just begin to do whatever He wants. And whatever God is doing at times... Our emotion just gets so consumed by his power that 
we, we just get overwhelmed and you will see people cry. You will see people run. You will see people shout. You'll see people lay on the floor. You will see all different kinds of emotion because God's presence is so powerful that it just consumes us. And we just sometimes don't know what to do with ourselves when he comes in. We cry. We shout. We sing. You know, the singers like to grab a mic. If you ever notice people that's been blessed um, with the, the talent for sing. Um, all, especially our young people, if they got that talent, when the Spirit of the Lord start moving, uh, they just start singing because that's their way of just uh, allowing the Spirit to have His way with them. And so you will see the different behaviors when the Spirit of the Lord is moving. It's not something we do on our own. It's what the Spirit of God just kind of move us to do. So whenever you're in a Spirit-filled church and you see that, which I said, every church is supposed to be holy and every church is supposed to be Spirit-filled. There's no such thing as a holiness church. You go to that holiness church, what other church is there? Jesus says, be holy, for I am holy. And Jesus says, without holiness, no man should see the Lord. So there's no other church but a holy church. <laughs> but somehow we pick up on some different um, uh, tradition and we say, you go to holiness church. Well, every church is supposed to be holy. Every church is supposed to be a holiness church. If they're going to say they're a church, they're supposed to be holy. Galatians chapter 1. It's going to be all right. Where's Barry? Where's Barry? It's going to be all right, Barry. Don't, don't, let, don't let this mess you up. Don't, don't even worry about it. Got to talk to him real quick, Sister Nancy. He's the one that normally controls this, and this is one of his, this is his baby, his pet peeve. He don't like it. He wants the words to always be on the screen. He wants to show everything, and so he's devastated right now because Windows 10 is not working. <laughs> It's all right, my brother. I love you. We're not worried about that right now, okay? God did his thing even without, you know, the, the, the stuff going on. So you're going to be all right. We'll work it out this week. I'm sure we will. You will work it out. You and Patrice will get it done. Not worried about it. <laughs> I had to say that because I know he's so frustrated right now. He just likes to get things done. Galatians chapter 4, verse 1 says this. Now I say that the heir, as long as he is a child different nothing from a servant though he be lord of all but is under tutors and governors until the time appointed of the father even so we when we were children were in bondage under the elements of this world but when the fullness of time was come god sent forth his son made of a woman made under the law to redeem them that were under the law that we might receive the adoption of sons. And because ye are sons, God had sent forth the Spirit, capital S, capital S, which we experienced this morning, sent forth the Spirit of his Son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father. Wherefore, thou art no more, thou art no more a servant, but a son. And if a son, then an heir of God through Christ. Howbeit then, when ye knew not God, ye did service unto them which by nature are gods. It's a heavy text right there. But now, after that, ye have known God, or rather are known of God, how turn ye again to the weak and beggarly elements whereunto ye desire again to be in bondage. I want to talk to you on this topic this morning. We are sons and daughters, not slaves. You may be seated. We are sons and daughters, 
not slaves. I, I got so many places I can go with that, but, but let me just start here. This is a thought that the Lord is working with me on. Let me work with you on this. Uh, I don't, for this church, and, and we'll try to do our best to do it according to God's word, but uh, we can't do anything good enough to meet uh, God's uh, way of doing things. What I mean by that is oftentimes we come in with the idea and with the mindset that we can do enough work and we can do enough stuff to be accepted and to be able to, 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 to be accepted of God because we, we can do enough stuff. And sometimes uh, people get turned off from churches because churches make you feel like uh, just just do this. And if you do enough of this, you, you, you can uh, uh, accomplish this. And, 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 and if you work hard, you can be a leader. And if, if you do enough, you, it, it, we can't do enough stuff. To, 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 to say we're, you know, we're worthy of anything because none of us is really worthy at the end of the day. None of us can really work for our salvation. I hope you understand that. You can't do enough things to go to God and say, well, God, I did this, God, I did that, and God, I did that. So I think I'm good enough to get into heaven. Nobody can go to God that way. Nobody could ever go to God and say, I did enough to make it in because it's just not possible. Where you are today, you shouldn't be where you are today because all of your experiences and some of your behaviors over the years, you shouldn't be here this morning. You, you, you shouldn't have the opportunity still for God to reach you. But, but because God has been good to you and because God is such a good God and a gracious God, he's been merciful and patient with you and you're here this morning to be able to have that opportunity. So we, we can't do enough because our time has expired a long time ago. Uh, you, your time has been expired a long time ago. You're living on borrowed time right now because, because the timetable that you have right now you should not have, uh, but God has been good to you. God has been good to all of us. Our time has expired. But somehow we're still here, somehow we're still going, and we still have the opportunity. I thank God for that. Thank God for his mercy. Thank God for his love. Thank God for what he's doing because we don't deserve what he's doing. We, we've messed up too many times. God didn't say you couldn't mess up, but man, the amount of messes up that we mess up, I'm telling you, we don't deserve to be here this morning. But thank God for who he is. <laughs> thank God he's not like us, right? Because we would have been gave up. How many people we've given up on just because they crossed us two or three times? Uh, and God said, uh, how many times should you forgive your brother? Seventy times seven. Uh, and so if we're going to be like God, what he's really saying is uh, you should always forgive them. Uh, there should never be an amount of time that you should say, well, I forgave you this many times, so I can't forgive you no more. God don't believe in that. That's not his way of doing things. Because if that was his way, all of us will be in trouble. And so we need to realize if God has been that good to us, we need to be that good to others. Oh, somebody, somebody help me with that. Tell your neighbor, I'm going to be good to you. <laughs> Come on. We have to live like that. I'm going to be good to you because God has been too good to me. God has treated me too good. How in the world? That's a simple way of being a hypocrite. What'd you say, Tony? I heard you. Where Tony? Tony said, yup. 
Right, Tony? That's a, that's a way to be a hypocrite. If God has been good to us and treat us real good, and then we're going to treat people bad. <laughs> I got a year back there now. Here we go. We can't be the way we are sometimes because God has been good to us. And because God is good to us, I'm going to be good to you. Uh, because God has been good to us, we got to be good to each other. We are the... Under ancient law, sons were heirs. And today when you hear me say sons all the time, I'm dealing with women and men. Okay, that's what the scripture is dealing with. So don't think you're left out, ladies. Under ancient law, sons were heirs destined to inherit what belonged to their father. In contrast, slaves were part of the inherited property. So as, as, as a father leave inheritance for his son, his oldest son, his inheritance say, okay, this is my inheritance for my son. He will take this over. And if the father had slaves, servants that was serving, those servants was also going to be part of the inheritance. So the son that will inherit all of what the father said he will inherit, slaves is included. So everything that the father owned, including the servants. Here we go. It's a reason for saying that. But in household codes, minors, children were subordinated just as slaves were. So as a child growing up in a home where there were servants, let's use that word servant because we can we can relate to that where you're living in a home and, you know, you have uh, somebody helping you in your home. And so so as a child, if you're living in a home where you have uh, your parents have someone helping there. You and that person helping is no different. Mm-hmm. 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 And so the child has no right. The child is subjected to whoever is in charge of the home. Just as the person who is working in that home is subjected to whoever is in charge of the home, the child is also subjected to whoever is in charge of that home. Not because that child is going to receive all the inheritance. It doesn't mean that child is not still subjected to whoever is over that home. This is what the Lord is trying to teach us here. This is what the Lord is trying to teach us. So I want you to stick with me here. So in the household code, Minor children were subordinated just as slaves were. Minors were required to be under legal guardian even if their father was deceased. This guardian was normally chosen from the father's will. So here we go. A child that stands to inherit stuff cannot inherit the stuff until the time has come for them to inherit the father determined when the time has come. The father determined, not your age, not what you think, but the father determined when you will receive your inheritance. And as long as the father says it's not time, then you are subjected to that guardian that is over you. That guardian that your father has placed over you, that's who you're subjected to. I know you're saying, where is he going with this? Let me bring it to you like this. As children of God, we have a great inheritance or inheritances waiting for us, but God has not appointed the time for you to have the inheritance. So your guardian, to, your guardian, which 
God has appointed will watch over you and take care of you and help you. Guardian don't have no right. The guardian is just working for the daddy. I'm just working for Jesus. Told him this morning, as your pastor, I'm serving you. That's what I'm here for. I know it's uncomfortable. I know you saying, man, we, 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 we don't think we hear this much. Yeah, because you know what? God put me on the mission he put me on. And what I do understand is I'm working for him. Right? And he is the one that control and dictate what I do. I'm your gift to you. He said, here, I'm giving you this gift, that pastor, that guy, Wayne. I'm giving you him, and, and, and you just do whatever you need to do with the gift. Take good care of the gift. And I don't decide how I get handled. You handle me the way you're supposed to. But God does have a way that you should handle me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We all have to make sure we take our rightful place and have uh, our our own responsibility. Let me let me shed change go over to this side just real quick. Everything about life is about relationship. Let me make y'all uncomfortable for a little bit. Until you get the victory in relationship, you're going to struggle in this life. And in church, your pastor and you are supposed to have a good relationship. And, and I'm not saying this because none of us, uh, let me clear this up. <laughs> me and everybody good in here. I, I, listen, if you've got something going on that I don't know, let me know. But I know I have nothing going on. I'm, you know how I am about you all. I love you all to death. And if I offend you, you know I'm going to cry and try to make it up some kind of way. Because guess what? One of my tendencies God gave me, this is why I'm probably the way I am. I found this out some years ago. One of my tendencies is good and bad is I'm a people pleaser. I am. But that's what God gave me because he knew what he's going to do in my life. So he knows I'm always worried about are you okay? Are you okay? What can I do to make it okay? I can't change that about me. I just got to do what God wants me to do. But relationships, maybe that's why I talk about it so much, because I care about them so much. I think they're essential. And when we come to church, we've got we to have good relationship with one another. We've got to have good relationship with one another. What we said at the beginning, God's been good to us. We need to be good to each other. So the son and the servant is no different, even though the son have the inheritance coming to him at the appointed time. God has your inheritance coming to you at your appointed time. And I want to tell you this morning, don't you walk out on your inheritance. Don't you get frustrated to the point where you got to walk out on your inheritance. Don't you get to the place where you get so hurt and so disappointed that you walk out on your inheritance Things might seem like it's not going the way you would like to see it go, but I'm telling you there's an inheritance for you, and you don't want to walk out on it. You don't want to get so frustrated that you just say, forget it. The inheritance is so great, my family. It is so great that you want to say, God, whatever I got to go through, I'm going to go through. You know what? Mm. You know what athletes go through to make millions? You know what they go through? They go through all kinds of stuff to make money. You know what I found out the other day? I'm going to the barbershop. I always get some conversation at the barbershop. Here's what I found out the other day. People are now 
keeping their children back before they start make them start school. You'll catch in a second. They hold their child back a couple years so they'll be the biggest kid in that class or the next two classes, which means if they play sports, they dominate. Their chance of going to the pros is a lot better than. Mm-hmm. People do all kind of stuff for money. People work all kind of angles to make sure they that they can live good. And I'm telling you today, your inheritance in God, there is not enough money in this world that's valuable, more valuable or worth more than your inheritance. And I want you to know today that your inheritance is so great that even if you became a billionaire in this world, that billion could not compare to your inheritance in Christ Jesus. I want us to get to a place where we understand our inheritance is more valuable and more precious than all of the stuff in this world. Think about it. God says that a soul, one person is worth more than this entire world. God said that. But somehow we haven't bought into that, that we as individuals are more valuable than all the gold of this world, than all the cities of this world, than all the diamonds of this world, than all the pearls, all the stuff that we're going crazy for to make us live comfortable. God says your life is more valuable than all that. It is. And so when, when times get hard and you're struggling and things are going, you know, in a bad way, just think about it and says, first of all, it's not going to last. Whatever you're going through, it won't last. I think we got to get smart and study the patterns of life now and realize, you know what, things happen and then, you know, things good again and then things happen. But at the end of the day, I'm still marching towards my inheritance. This week may be bad for me. Next week may be bad for me. The week after that may be bad for me. But I know there's some good days coming. I know there's some days coming that I'm going to experience some good things. God won't let you suffer your whole life through this world. God won't let you go through through your entire life in this world and when he allow you to suffer is because he's preparing you uh, for another level of where he wants to take you. Uh, you see, God knows what he's doing. His eyes are up on you. He knows what he's doing. Slavery is still real in this present day. Slavery comes in many forms. Of course, historically, slaves were men and women forced to serve their conquerors or captors. But there are other ways to become enslaved today. Some men and women are trapped by destructive habits, struggling under the control of drugs or alcohol, Others trapped in destructive relationships. Some are struggling to live with abusive spouse or or parents. Others are trapped in dead-end jobs or systems. Some are struggling to extricate themselves from financial and emotional strongholds. 
Some are just living on and being intoxicated by this world. Some are controlled by their pride. And some are just so self-centered that you're living in slavery even in this modern day and age. That is not God's will for your life. If you heard me said something that I just read to you that you may be struggling with, you need to go to God with that because it's not God's will that you live in those conditions. It's not God's will that you live outside of his will. It's not God's will that these things have the best of you and control your lives. All slaves share a common dream. They all want to be free. Can I tell you something? Do me a favor. Get your courage up or get your relationship up so good with God that you can care less about what anybody think about you when you come to church. This, this is where you come. This is where you come to get delivered. See, see what happened here this morning. I can't do. I don't care how anointed any preacher. They can't do it. They can't do it. They can't, they can't deliver you. I don't care how great they preach. They can't set you free. They can't do nothing. All they can do is preach the word. If something is going to happen in your life, it's going to be by the power of God. It's going to be by the working of his spirit. So don't let nobody, not your neighbor, not nobody stop you from getting loose. Let nobody stop you from shaking your leg or lifting your hands or running the aisle because Jesus is the one that you're running for. Jesus is the one that you're worshiping. Jesus is the one that you're shouting for. Don't let anybody hinder you from giving yourself to him. It's time to let go of that stuff. The world shows what they enjoy. How dare us not show who we enjoy? Are you kidding me? I'm not just a corny Christian. I like sports and I get involved with things. But what I do know is it doesn't matter how much college games I watch. It don't matter how much NFL games I watch. It don't matter how many NBA games I watch. They won't get more from me than Jesus gets from me. Because they can't do anything for me. But Jesus can do everything for me. Everything for me. you got to come in this place and says, this is where I'm going to get what I need. This place is where I'm going to get what I need. You can think you're going to get it everywhere, anywhere. No, 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 no. When all of us come together, you watch how the Holy Ghost work. I've been around. And I watch the Holy Ghost. One day I was making a fire at, at, at one of our picnics. I was making a fire. And I watched the fire. I told the people the other day, I think I could have been a pyro. I don't know. Pyromaniums all caught up in fire stuff. Because somehow fire fascinates me. And I remember lighting a fire. And I remember seeing two or three pieces of charcoal that was white. They were the ones that were hot. And then all the other ones were black. And I watched the fire and I stood over it. And I watched the three pieces that were white burning, burning, burning. Now watch how it caught another one on fire and how another one caught on fire and how another one caught on fire. And when it was all ready to put the burgers on, I looked and all the charcoals were white. And the Spirit of God said, that's how I usually move. It just take one person to allow him 
to move on them and see when that one person respond in the right way he says all right now i've got a vessel that i can work through and when that spirit of god start moving through your vessel before you know you were sitting there thinking you was good and before you know you start doing something and before you know you start doing something and before you know the whole masses of people are doing something why because that's how the spirit of god work god will always use the natural to show us the spiritual and he is a spirit and he can do the work that needs to be done in your soul if you need deliverance he can do it if you need restoration he can do it if you need salvation we gotta come in here knowing god is here god can do what we need god can deliver us This is not a place we come because it's just what we do on Sundays. It's not your habitual thing. Sundays we go to church. No, 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 no. Get that out of your mind. Sunday we're going in the house of God to worship him and to meet him. We're going to to, to accommodate his presence. God says, I tabernacle in the praises of my people. He gets excited when we come together and begin to praise him. That's his NBA game. That's his NFL game. That's his college football game. When the church come together and worship him and praise him, he gets excited and the spirit begins to move. Woo! That's God's deal. That's what gets him excited. You go to any college campus when they having pep rally, Eric. You, you probably seen a couple of those. They want to have pep rally. Everybody get hyped up. Yeah, the game getting ready to go on tomorrow. And they do their pep rally thing and everybody get excited. Pep rally. They getting ready. Well, I can see God on Saturday nights. That's why my theory is God is coming early Sunday morning. That rapture is coming on an early Sunday morning. That's just me. Bible don't say that, so don't say the preacher said that. I believe God is coming early Sunday morning. He ain't going to be able to help himself. Because as we get ready... And say, I can't wait to go to church to give him the praise. I can't wait to church to go to church and worship him. I can't wait to get in his presence. When we come in here with that kind of mindset, with that kind of attitude, God is saying, whoa, I can't wait till my children come together. We're going to have a good time. You think you're the only one having a good time? No, God is having a good time. When we worship and praise him, he's having a good time. His approval will be how he moves. He have a good time, too. We want to think God don't have a good time. Please, he have a good time. He like when we praise him. He like when we come together because we're just a big family of God. And that's what he's worried about. He wants us to become family. He wants us to do the things that make us family. We're sons and daughters. We're not slaves. And we got to get out of slave mentality. Life in this world might have influence the bible says be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind listen to this you can't let your experiences in this life dictate how you're going to live for god some of us you got to start asking yourself, am I really truly transformed? 
Because if I'm going to live for God, I'm going to live for God according to just the, the things that influence my life. Then, then I got to ask God, did I really get transformed by the renewing of my mind? Was I really converted? Because at the same time, I'm saying I'm a Christian, I'm converted, but I allow. Here is one. This is, this is, this is heavy. This is deep. But here is one. I grew up in a situation where there was no love, no affection. Mm, we didn't treat each other right. And I come to church, I get transformed, I get born again, and I live like that. No affection, not treating you right, talk to you any kind of way. Talk to me, somebody. Come on. We are doing that. And we have to stop and say, hold on. If I'm supposed to be born again, if I'm supposed to be a child of God, if my mind is supposed to be transformed and renewed, how am I going to live like that and say I'm, 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 I'm a child of God? How am I going to live like that and feel comfortable that, you know what, I will receive the inheritance because I'm trying to live for God the way I live as a human being in this world. Now, only thing different is I'm saying Jesus is Lord and I'm going to church and I'm praying i'm reading bible but the way i'm living is still the same way can't do that i'm telling you there is going to be some things that's going to happen to your life as a christian where you're going tears is going to come down because you're going to face some things that god is requiring of you and that ain't what you want lived it so many times i live it every day almost i feel like because my challenge always going to be for me. I love harmony. I love to be together. I love relationship. But there's always going to be a few that's going to always don't want that and always going to be contrary to that in my life. In my life. That's just, I'm just telling you me. Because I love this whole togetherness and all that stuff, I'm mad at my kids because we always go on cruises together. And this year we're going on vacation and the two oldest are not coming because I'm not paying. I pay for them all their life. They got jobs and they won't pay for themselves. But... It's another story. But that, that, I, I'm not happy about that because I want everybody to come. Right? So anytime there's not an all-inclusive thing, I'm uncomfortable. I'm like, ah. But it's always going to happen to me because it's just challenging me. That's, that's just my challenge. That's my challenge I have to deal with that I can't let because everything is not flowing together. I can't let it stop me from keep flowing with God. So that's, a, that, that's something about me that I got to deal with. And so what it means, even when people are not treating you good, the easy way to do is just like walk wide. Brother Fox ain't talking to me. Okay, let me avoid him. Avoid him. I ain't talking to him. Or I try to do something. Yesterday we had a meeting, a district meeting in our church. First district meeting our church. All the district officials from New Jersey Metro was in this place yesterday. Every last leader, not man, not show up. I was a Christian. I didn't let nobody that had issue with me, Marja, or nobody that whatever people say. I love everybody, Brother Sam. I give them all a hug. Good to see you. Everybody said, man, you got a nice church here. Everything going good, huh? Like, yes, sir. Everything going good. They, they can't believe we got projector going in the firehouse. They wondering how y'all doing. I said, Jesus. And we just love everybody. I don't let nothing disturb us. I'm not walking wide. 
Not walking wide. I'm not talking about, um, let me act like I'm doing something so I don't have to talk to nobody. But that's what we up against a lot of times. We up against that where we say, they don't like me. They're not speaking to me. So That's me. That's me. That's my old ways. I'm not transformed in that area. I need to work on that area. But when I'm truly walking with Jesus, I say, man, I don't want to do this. But here I go. Come on. We sometimes think that some people have something that you don't have. No, it's about making that decision to say, I'm going to let God work in my life, change my life, and do what he got to do in my life because I'm a son of God. I'm a child of God. And I remember my daddy slept and walked and ate with a traitor, and he never said one word to him. He never treated him differently from anybody else. He lived with that traitor, walked with that traitor, and slept with that traitor and still treated him like everybody else. That's what my daddy did, and I'm his offspring. Hmm. Are you his offspring? Are you his offspring? Because your daddy don't hold grudges. Your daddy don't allow anybody to stop him from being who he is. (laughs) Help me, Jesus. All slaves want to be free. I don't want to be slave to all these things that's going on in life. I don't want to be slave to the, the, the cares of this world. I want to make sure I'm living free. Somehow we have it twisted, but God talked about that. We have it twisted. We think going to church and living for God, we're living in bondage. Why you, you got to go to church? Yeah, go to church, you can't drink. Go to church, you can't smoke. Go to church, you can't do this. Go to church, you can't do that. All right, go do the other stuff and let it control you. Because what happens is all the stuff that you say you can't do this, you can't do this, go mess with it. Because either God going to control you or your stuff going to control you. <laughs> huh? Talk to me, somebody. Either God, you know, I told, I told Sunday school this morning, I said God spoke to me one time and told me my people are more in love with the church than they are with me. That's heavy right there. Because God says, upon this rock will I build my church. He builds the church. The church belongs to him. The church is his body. But he still wants you to love him more than anything else. That's what he's after. And so if God wants us to love him more than uh, anything else and not get caught up in the church and all that stuff, how should we be? So we we should not come to church because I like church. That's not why you come to church, because I like church. You come to church because you love Jesus. And, and, and Jesus says we should not fail to assemble ourselves. That's why you come to church. You're not coming to church because, oh, I like to go to church. If that's why you're going to church, then you're going to realize uh, that, that, you, that won't keep you. We make things our, our control mechanism. And so sometimes we, 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 we think that, well, that's too much and I'm not going to do that and I'm not going to do that. That's cool. But I guarantee if we do some real research in your life, there's something that's controlling you. I'd rather let Jesus control me all the way. And if he say you can't do this, if he say you can't do that and you can't do this, I'm just going to go with him. I'd rather he control me. I'm safe that way. I'd just rather he control me than anything else control me. Because I know me. I know all of us as people that whatever we like, it usually controls us because we want to do it all the time. Quiet. Why did Jesus come? Galatians chapter 4 verse 5 says, Jesus came 
there's many reasons, but in this particular text, here's what it's saying. Jesus came to redeem them that were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of son. Why did Jesus came? One of the reasons why he came, he says, because we're being controlled and we're in bondage. The things of this world is controlling our life. Jesus says, I look down, I look at my children, and they're being controlled by all the things that I created. Everything in that world is what's controlling them. And so I need to deliver them from their bondage. So one of the reasons why Jesus came was to deliver us from our bondage. If we are still in bondage, we wasted his coming to earth. Because that's why he came. He says, I need to set my people free. Uh, Physical. He sent Moses to deliver the children of Israel because they was in bondage. That was physical, spiritual. He says, now I got to come out of heaven to set my people free that they will live for me. So Jesus is always being a deliverer by sending a deliverer or coming himself to be the deliverer so we will not be in bondage. The very thing that we are being caught up in, that's what he came to deliver us from. Everything that you're thinking about. All of what you're thinking about, Jesus came to deliver you from that. And it's, it's, it's sometimes, you no, know, God sit back and say, scratch his head and says, they ain't getting this, huh? I went through all of that to keep them from doing that. But that's what they want to do. We got to take inventory and see what's really controlling us. Because we allow bondages to be in our life. And if you're being controlled by your bondages, it means that you're a slave and not a son. If, you're bond, if, if, if you can't help yourself and all the stuff that you're dealing with, that's all you can do. It means that you're not a son or a daughter of God. You are in bondage. And until you come out of bondage, you cannot become a son or daughter. The Lord's children is not going to live in bondage. And so we allow things to control us, even our behavior, the things that we read about, whatever it be, pride, self-centeredness, all the things that we talked about, drugs, alcohol, pornography, all the things that control us, bad attitude, those things that control us makes us disqualified from being a son or daughter. Because it doesn't make sense that the Lord's children is in bondage. That's not his will. He says, if my children are in bondage, I got to go set them free. And so he came and he was the ransom. I'm going to tell you about that in a second. I'm almost done. Trust me. As a son or daughter, you have rights and privileges. As a son or daughter of God, you have rights and privileges. The value of our sonship rights and privileges in Christ is almost beyond our comprehension. We don't really realize the privileges we have when we're sons and daughters of God. We don't really realize the privileges and the rights we have when we really allow God to be our father. You see, when we allow him to rule and reign our life and be our father, the privileges and the rights that we have are enormous. We may not be able to comprehend them all, but we have rights and privileges and they are enormous when we're sons and daughters. We are are no longer debtors nor are we cursed somebody asked me this one time 
They said, what about the scripture in the Old Testament that says the sins of the father go down to the sons? And, you know, um, what if there's a curse in your family? Do you still get cursed? The only way the curse stay in your life is if you never become born again. The Bible says when you're born again, you become a new creature. All things are passed away and behold, all things become new. When you become born again and you take your rightful place as a son or a daughter, the curses that was in your family, they can't rule your life. If you don't let them, if you stay a son and live as a son, live as a daughter, those curses cannot rule your life. You're no more a debtor to anything. You are a son or a daughter of God. But if, 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 if the sins of the father and the sins of the mother are coming down in your life, and you said, I'm repeating the same thing. You know what it means? You're not living for God. Mm, that's good. I'm glad that you're thinking about it now. Oh, Lord. So you're telling me, I think I'm living for God. But if the stuff that's going on in my life, that's wrong, that, 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 I, that I'm saying that, that's because my, my mom passed that down. That's because my dad passed. No, it's because you're not living for God. Because when you get born again, you become a new creature. They can't pass anything down. You're free. There's no burden that you're carrying from the past. There's nothing that you have from nobody because you're free. When you go before the Lord and you repent of your sins and you get baptized in Jesus' name and he washes away all your sins and you get a new name and you get a spirit in your life, you're brand new. You're by yourself. Nobody's stuff is in your life because did you know that when you go before the Lord and you repent to give your life to God? Here's what happened. When you repent of your sins, what you're saying is you're asking God to forgive you of your sins and... For every person that sinned against me, I forgive them too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So there's no, there's, there's no bondage in your life. There's no weight because you went to Jesus and he forgave you and you forgave everybody else. Now you're free. You're living free. Rights and privileges. We have received new life. That's, that's, that's part of the rights and privileges. You get a new life. You're no more debtor. There's no curse in your life. We become a part of a new family. Rights and privileges. We receive his spirit. Rights and privileges. We experience a supernatural birth. We have the promise of future resurrection of our bodies. We have the promise of heaven in the future. We will be with Christ for all eternity. We receive riches predestinated for us. Through Christ Jesus, rights and privileges. Our stuff is so powerful, it's not from this world. The gold that we have in this world that they have in Fort Knox don't compare to the gold that's in heaven. Fort Knox, our country, this country saying we the U.S. and we powerful because we got all that gold in Fort Knox because gold value never go down. Gold value always stay or it goes up. So we have what we need and we're rich because of all the gold. And Jesus is telling us uh, that the gold that's in heaven, uh, nothing can touch it. And we are going to inherit all of that. We got to get a mindset to realize the inheritance that we have from the Lord is so much more superior. It cannot compare with a things of this world and when we wake up and realize uh, my inheritance is so great uh, there is nothing that it can compare to in this world I shouldn't worry about this stuff shouldn't worry about this stuff can't worry about it you know your rights you got to know your rights as a son you got to know your privileges as a son you got to take advantage of your rights and privileges because God says when you become son when you become daughter these are the rights and privileges that you have. So we're no longer slave. 
when we take full advantage, we become born again and we start living for God. We're no longer slaves. But it's only when you give your life to God, you're no longer a slave. And if you find yourself being a slave to something, you've got to say, whoa, 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 what's going on here? Am I really living for God or am I getting off track here? Because God didn't create me and he didn't deliver me. He didn't save me for me to go back and be slave and be in bondage. Somebody hear me this morning? Y'all getting tired? I'm almost done. Paul explained briefly that each Galatian believer was no longer a slave to any law or religious ritual or even to satan instead each person had entered into the family of god being adopted as a child can i tell you this the bible says we're adopted do you know that adopted children and natural born children have the same privileges and rights yes it don't seem logical because you know we always want to think we got some inside connect but 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 if i adopt some children and I write a will, law-wise, according to law, it doesn't matter if I adopt or not adopt. Bottom line is they're my children. They're, supposed to, they all, they're all supposed to get the same treatment. And so God adopted us, and we all get the same treatment. We're all children of God, and we need to act as children of God. We ought to be confident in our relationship with God. Is anybody confident in their relationship with God? That's what we need to work on. Those are the things that we need to do where we become confident in our relationship with God. That's the main thing you want to be confident in is your relationship with God more than anything. And when you become a son, you become confident in your relationship. All of you that have children, don't you know that your children are confident that you are their parent? Don't you know that? And if your children are confident that they're your parent, they do things like they do whatever they want because they just do. I know all my children what they do. Well, I think they all do this. No, not the girl. But all my kids think that they can just have anything of mine. They don't have to ask nobody. It's my dad's? Okay, I can take it. They don't think they got to ask me. They don't think they got to ask my wife. They don't have to ask nobody. They just take it. Because that's just how they feel. Right? My point is, all of you ha- that have children can see something that your child does. And you say, but it's because they know that's my parent. That's my right. That's, that, that's how I operate. That's my privilege because that's my parent. Well, we got to get there. If Jesus is your heavenly father, then you're supposed to have that relationship like I know him. I can go and chill with him. I can go and do what I need to do. I know what I should do, what he like, what he don't like. I know. Children, all of them. The oldest one started it, and then everybody caught on. Uh, Dad, can, can I talk to you for a second? Whenever you hear that, stuff is wrong. <laughs> stuff is wrong. And from the oldest to the youngest, that's going on. You got a minute? Can I talk to you? I'm talking about young ones doing that. Uh, can I ask you a favor? It's kind of stuff I'm hearing right now. A huge favor. Can I ask you a huge favor? When, when kids come to you with that, something is stirring. But they know their parent. They know what's going to break you down. So they all have that thing. They know what to do and say to make you say, all right. Why don't we have that with Jesus? Why can't we understand if you're a real child, you know what to do to break him down. You know what to do to get him to respond to you. God is trying to show us something with the natural so we will experience the spiritual the same way. 
Oh, Jesus, help us. We got to know God. I'm there. Here I am. I'm there. Jeremiah chapter 9, verse 23 and 24 says, Thus saith the Lord, Let not a wise man boast of his wisdom, and let not the mighty man boast of his might. Let not a rich man boast of his riches. 24, But let him who boasts of this, that he understands and know me. The Lord says it's okay to boast that you know him. That I am the Lord who exercises love and kindness, justice and righteousness on earth. For I delight in these things, declare the Lord. God wants you to boast in your relationship with him. You need to get it to the place where you can say, man, I know my God. Me and him was having a conversation last night. Me and him was just having this, this real experience last night. I mean, we had a good time. I sat on my bed and I talked to him and he talked back to me. I sat on my bed and I prayed and just called out to him. And I felt his arms like it was arms that wrapped me and made me feel comfortable and peaceful. I know my God. We need to get there, church. We got to know him. John chapter 17, verse 3 says, And this is life eternal, that they might know thee, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom thou hast sent. Life eternal is knowing who God is, which is faith. I'm not going to mess with that today. I'm not going to mess with that today. When you know God, that's your way in. Not when you do rituals. Not when you do service. Because you're a son. You're a daughter. You don't do service after you become a son or daughter. Servants do service. But sons and daughters, they just enter into relationship and love their God and do things with their God. We are not servants to God. We're not slaves to God. We're sons and daughters in a relationship with Him. And the sooner we understand that the more profitable and the more powerful and the more successful we will be. We're not slaves. We're not servants. We are children of the most high God. Walk in your purpose. Walk in who you are. Stand on that knowledge of knowing you are God's child. And I'll finish it like this. And if you're not his child, You can become his child. Right? We don't have to pretend in this church. We're not about pretending. We're trying to get to heaven. And in order to get to heaven, we got to know him. And in order to know him, we can't pretend. If I got a problem, I got to fix the problem because I need to know him. And so if you don't know him, if you don't consider your son, yourself today a son or a daughter you come and see me and find out what you need to do to become a son or a daughter of the Lord Jesus Christ. The privileges and the rights are too enormous. What your inheritance is is too great for you to walk out of here and pass upon that. Your inheritance is too great. Your, your privilege is too great. Your rights are too great. Don't walk out on that. Don't give up on that. Just realize God has given something great to you. It's waiting on you. He wants to give it to you. The Bible says says that the father from up above, he give good gifts to his children. So he got great things in store for you. We got to demonstrate our knowledge of who he is. 
Check this out. I'm done. The Galatian believers had been enslaved, but then Paul introduced them to God. You can only be free by the power of God. When Israel got delivered from out of Egypt and they was led out of Egypt by Moses, when they decide that they weren't going to allow the power of God to direct them, they start saying stuff like, I don't even know why we left Egypt. It was better there than it is here. And anytime you start thinking that it's better in the world than it is in the church, something is wrong with you. Don't blame the church. Don't blame the church and say something wrong with the church. When you start saying that, what you're in essence saying, the world is better than the church. And it's not possible. It means that you're not walking in the power of God. That's all it means. If you're experiencing stuff where you want to call the church not good and then call the world okay because it was better out there, people treated me better out in the world. Well, maybe you just something wrong with you. What would I say this morning? I'm done, I'm done, I'm done. But what I say this morning, all of our conflicts that we experience in life comes from expectation that we have of people which was wrong. You're wrong for having expectation of people. Who do you think you are? You have expectation for the little children you're raising. But when they become adults, you leave them alone. You don't know where they are. You don't know what they're going through. You don't know their hurts. You don't know their pains. You don't know how they were raised. You can't have expectation of people. And when they don't meet it, you're going to get mad at them. That's a you problem. And trying to make it people's problem. It's not people's problem. It's a you problem. Leave people alone. When you work on you, when you, you know what it means, Brother Henry? It means you can't control yourself. Mm -hmm. Lasciviousness. It means uncontrollable behavior. So because you didn't do what I want, instead of me saying in my mind, man, that man grown. Why he ain't do that? How he living like that? I don't understand it. But you know what? Leave him to Jesus because Jesus knows what's going on. I don't know what's going on. I'm just going to still love him. I'm not going to let him know I was disappointed. I'm just going to do my thing. That's control. I do that all the time. Do that all the time, Brother Clark. Don't have expectations of people, and when they don't meet it, you mad. That, that, that's, that's almost like being godly, like you God. You're not God. You don't know what's going on in people's heart. You don't know what's going on in their life. Leave their expectations alone. Help me, Jesus. Sons and daughters should just trust their heavenly father. Daddy got it all under control. You don't have to do nothing. You don't have to do nothing. So they was in bondage. And Paul led them to God. When the Bible talks about to know God, the Bible is talking about an intimate, personal relationship. When the Bible talks about knowing God, it's not talking about knowing of God or know about God. It's talking about really knowing him. And the only person you could know is someone that you spend intimate time with. That's when you know someone. Intimate time with them. You, you have been with them in, in, in particular times and, 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 and situations that they've gone through. That's how you know them. When you spend real time with them, that's how you get to know people. So intimacy, uh, uh, when you spend time with people, that's how you get to know them. If you're not spending intimate time with God, you don't know them. 
they had gotten to know God personally, to understand his grace and love towards them. Yet Paul, not wishing to make it sounds as if Galatians had done some work or gotten to know God. You only could know God because God made himself known. Never forget that. This is why Jesus Christ came. Don't worry about it, Brother Fox. I'm not that. I'm not, I'm not worried about it. But that's why Jesus Christ came, that you may know him. You see, as God, the invisible spirit, you couldn't get to know him. You couldn't relate. And so he says, I'm going to come as human beings so I become relatable. So you can see how I am. So you can come to know me. And so that's why Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the Gospels, which contains the life of Christ, is essential to all of us to study real thoroughly. Because when we study it thoroughly, we come to know him. And he wants us to know him. So what he did was he initiates. He's always initiating things. The Bible says, for God so loved the world. He said, I love you, so I got to show my love. What are you going to do now? So because he loved us, he gave himself. He initiated it, right? And so now when it comes down to him knowing uh, us, knowing him, he says, well, I got to become a human being because you're not going to know me as this invisible spirit. So let me become a human being so you can come to know me and no longer got to say, I wonder what he's like. Is he built? Is he stocky? Is he tall? Is he short? What are now you know by reading the Gospels, you know who Jesus really is. He want to make himself knowable to you the question now he has done his part are you going to do your part will you stand with me today sons and daughters not slaves you can become a son today you can become a daughter today don't deceive yourself don't make yourself to be something that you're not you're not here to impress anybody. Don't, don't let people get you off track by you thinking you got to impress them. The only person I got to impress is Jesus. I got a flaw. I got flaws just like you got flaws. And so when people try to make themselves out to be better than you, just smile. Because we all got flaws, baby. We all got flaws. Don't let nobody make you think your flaw is something. Don't let, everybody got flaws. And when people try to make you out to be something and they act like they something better than you, don't even get upset. Just smile and say to yourself, they're deceived. I'm not. I acknowledge my shortcomings. I acknowledge my flaws. They're not doing that, which means I'm in a better place than them. You know why? Because I'm constantly going to God to say, God, you know this issue with me, and I'm coming to you to help, to ask you to help me with this situation, work it out of me. I'm constantly going to work on that. Sooner or later, God's going to help me with that. But those people that's walking around and telling everybody about their issues and, and, and not recognizing theirs, they're in trouble because it means their issues stay with them. They never get delivered from it, and their inheritance, they won't get it. They won't get their inheritance. All because they want to tell me about me, but they won't look at them. We're crazy sometimes. You know that? <laughs> sure, we're crazy to think that we got it. But 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 you know what we do is it's only because it's only because all right. I can sing 
So my issue is not I can't sing. You can play the drums, but I can sing. And I'm mad at you because you can't sing. That's how we do. God give us different ta- talents, Maja. And so God said, Wayne, you can sing. Maja, you can play the drums. And now I'm going to talk about you. She can't sing. She can play the drums. We all got to do the same things. We all got to be alike. Oh, man. Help us, Jesus. We're children of God. And God has given all of us different talents and abilities. Let's love one another and respect one another. If you're not a child of God, trust me, come see me today. Because you must become a child of God to be able to receive all the rights and privileges and your inheritance. Please don't let anybody tell you we're all going to heaven. Only the children of God will spend eternity with daddy. Only his children will spend eternity with him. Nobody else. If you're not his child, you will not spend eternity with him. Only his children. So I tell you today, if you're not a child of God, if you're not a daughter or son of God, he didn't make it hard. He just said, come to me all ye that labor and are heavy laden. Just go to him and repent of your sins. Call on his name. You can be born again of the water and of the spirit and you become a child. No longer a bondage in this world. Not, no longer be bound up in the things of this world. Bow your heads with me and let's pray and talk to the Lord before we get out of here. Give us a few minutes and we'll talk to the Lord. You be honest with God. You share your heart with him. You don't have to pray out loud, but if you feel like praying out loud, pray out loud. But let God just minister to you as you talk to him so God can help you to be what you ought to be in him. A son and a daughter.